If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929 X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. I'm Beckler. I actually had to look at my phone to see what day it was. It is, in fact, Wednesday because that has no meaning right now. Merry Christmas to you. I uh, hope you had a relaxing time over the Christmas break here. I don't know if you're back to work now, if you got days off like Shauna does till the new year. I mean, not much work gets done this week, that's for sure. It's very, very quiet around here. Barely any cars driving by. Um, even like all the podcasts I listen to and stuff, there has not been much for new episodes coming down the pipe. So hopefully this is a welcome surprise in your inbox. Slightly refreshes that up. It's kind of odd for me this week because I know there aren't a whole lot of people listening, so I'm very tempted to just mail the show in and not talk about much, not use any decent content. But then I remember that we also have a podcast, and you might be listening to this God knows when, and you deserve a decent show. So I still had to try my best today, and I think we had a good time. We're going to talk about AI-generated fake nudes. The connection between Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, Sean, it's gone this week, uh, and the fascist far right in Italy. I didn't know about this. A wild story I heard about a fella who branded himself. And more after your out of context clip. The act of sharing food, adding to conviviality and togetherness. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I don't know if you happen to catch uh, the annual Christmas greeting from the throne. King Charles's. Christmas message. A chance for family and friends to come together across generations. The act of sharing food, adding to conviviality and togetherness. For some, faith will be uppermost in their hearts. For others, it will be the joy of fellowship and the giving of presents. Man, that's, that's going to be a fun voice to do. He used some good words there. Conviviality and fellowship and togetherness. <laughs> you just don't have to move your lips very much. <laughs> Except that here's the thing. I just realized listening to that that I haven't really heard from King Charles like at all since he's become king. He's been king since September of last year. Like we're talking coming up on a year and a half here. Uh, and that is the first that I can recall hearing from him. Where's this mask been? What's he been up to? And then, even then, this wasn't like, this wasn't big news, his Christmas greeting or anything. I just happened to come across this while I was scrolling through social media. And I was like, oh yeah, King Charles, he's the king. I don't know what he's been doing. Like, you're the, you're the king, dog. Like, what are, you, what are you up to? What kind of king stuff are you doing? Maybe he's playing it just right, though. Maybe he's just laying low and enjoying all the trappings of being the king without bringing any of the pressure on himself. And then every once in a while, you know, once a year he'll pop up at Christmas and talk about conviviality and togetherness and fellowship and then go back to doing what he was doing. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I heard a wild story over the holidays. People I was having some drinks with. Uh, they know this guy 
who had his buddies brand his chest like they do on the show Yellowstone. You know, if you've watched Yellowstone and all these cowboys who come to the Dutton Ranch have to get this like brand on their chest, the Yellowstone Y, and then they're like part of the gang. They're like a made man and they're there for life. So this guy got branded like that and he had his, his buddies hold them down one night when they were drinking. He said, no matter how much I struggle, don't let me up. And they branded his chest with a, I think a coat hanger. And I've seen these videos online when people do like home job brandings and they always go very terribly because like branding is a type of body modification that you can have done professionally in some places. Three Terry's drunk in a shop out on someone's farm are not doing it professionally. And people make the, the mistake in how they do it. They, they, they push the brand like for too long and too deep. And then it goes through like multiple layers of skin down into the muscle. And then it doesn't heal. Like the muscles can be damaged. It can get infected. I think you can actually die from this if it's done badly enough. And these people are with, they said this guy, his scar is so bad from this branding that you can see it through his t-shirt. And I asked, okay, what symbol did he have branded into his chest? And they said, no, it was, the, it was the Yellowstone Y. Like when they said it was like Yellowstone, they didn't just mean they branded him like Yellowstone. They, he got the Yellowstone brand on his chest. I was dumbfounded. You have to understand how popular Yellowstone is rurally. It's like Duck Dynasty was 10 years ago, where many of us in the city were like, well, I don't really get it, but okay. That's Yellowstone now. You might like watching Yellowstone. I've enjoyed watching Yellowstone. Out in the country, they friggin' love Yellowstone. To the point, I guess, that people are willing to risk their long-term health over it and get a Yellowstone brand. I was thinking about the peak of my Game of Thrones fandom when my friends and I were reading the Song of Ice and Fire books and we were talking about fan theories and stuff and I was reading all the message boards. A friend of mine bought me a golden pin for my jacket in the shape of the Hand of the King, which if you're familiar with the show, is the pin worn by the top advisor to the King or Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. I did not brand that logo into my body. And thank God, based on how that series turned out, that would have been a huge mistake. And I mentioned that, that I enjoyed Yellowstone. I did until Shauna point, pointed out one day that it's just a cowboy soap opera. And then the scales fell from my eyes, and I was like, oh, yeah, it is a cowboy soap opera. That realization would hurt extra if you had a big old Yellowstone Y branded into your chest. The and Shauna Podcast. It's Kwanzaa right now. Kwanzaa runs, runs from December 26th to January 1st. I saw a Kwanzaa greeting online yesterday. And then someone beneath that greeting mentioned that uh, Kwanzaa was created in 1966. And I did a double take. I was like, what? Is that actually true? And then I thought, you know what? I actually don't really know the history of Kwanzaa. So I looked into it. And yes, that is accurate. This is right from Wikipedia. American black separatist Milana Karanga created Kwanzaa in 1966 during the aftermath of the Watts riots as a non-Christian, specifically African-American holiday. Karenga said his goal was to give black people an alternative to the existing holiday of Christmas. And it goes on from there. So I didn't, I didn't realize Kwanzaa was that new, that uh, it was created within the lifetime of many people who'd be listening right now. It's also not super widespread. I was trying to read how many people celebrate Kwanzaa around the world, and the estimates vary greatly. Um, it seems like I, I, as few as 500,000 in the United States to a couple million, and then anywhere from 12 million globally up to 30 million. 
So not a ton of people around the world actually celebrate Kwanzaa. By comparison, uh, over 2 billion people celebrate Christmas. 2 billion people celebrate Lunar New Year, which is coming up. And yet, you, you probably agree that Kwanzaa is often mentioned in the same breath as Christmas and Hanukkah and some of these uh, holiday traditions that have been around longer. I mean, if you celebrate Kwanzaa, I'm not disparaging it as a made-up holiday. In my opinion, they're all made-up holidays. It's just that some were made up more recently than others. As recently as 1966, it turns out. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Well, if you listen to this show regularly, you'll know that I am uh, quite a big fan of Tolkien and Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings. What's that? What's that swelling beneath me there? Uh, But I have a friend whose knowledge of the legendarium just puts mine to shame. And he sent me this excerpt from an article recently, and I'll just read you part of it here. It said, Lord of the Rings is often described as a pillar of Italy's post-fascist far-right parties. And I had to read that a couple times. I was like, what? Lord of the Rings? Far-right? Fascism? What's this all about? So this was in, in, in reference to Italy's Prime Minister, Georgia Maloney, who leads the far-right Brothers of Italy party. And I guess she is a big, big fan, a very vocal fan of Tolkien's work and of Lord of the Rings. Uh, so I did a bit of a deep dive into this. I did quite a bit of reading last night. And uh, this was news to me, but I guess it's long understood that there, has, there is a connection between Tolkien and the far-right in Europe, specifically in Italy. Now, why this connection exists isn't entirely clear to me. This article mentioned that uh, Maloney, the prime minister, she attended hobbit camps, which were set up by the post-fascist Movimento Social Italiano for young right-wing politicians like herself. So I guess these like aspiring far-right politicians went to these hobbit camps when they were growing up. And then I read this article that talked about some of the themes in Tolkien's work in Lord of the Rings, like this vague idea of traditionalism versus modernity and how that maps onto fascism talked a bit about class class and racial hierarchy which to be honest with you i can kind of understand like if you read lord of the rings if you read any tolkien's works the elves are definitely seen as better than the rest of the races right and then the orcs are at the bottom and actually one of the few things that that amazon prime show uh, rings of power did well was make you sympathetic to the orcs and you know how they're treated and why they're treated that way. They did it through this introduced character named Adar, and uh, you you did understand that yeah, the orcs kind of get crapped on through no fault of their own. And then it talked about like how Aragorn is his birthright is the throne of Gondor, like how he's descended from a line of kings, and how that's sort of like a far right idea. It talked about Saruman's industrialization of Isengard, and I was like, okay, now we're really stretching here to make this connection. I don't know. I mean, I hope that doesn't sully Lord of the Rings for anyone. I hope it doesn't for me. Some people have this idea that anyone who finds themselves in the same place as a fascist is also a fascist, and therefore a fascist like Lord of the Rings, then what does that say about you? But I don't, in my experience, the people who believe that don't really apply that logic equally to themselves. You know? I mean, that the whole thing has this has the same feeling as as saying like, well, Hitler loved dogs, so if you love dogs, you're like Hitler. That would be absurd, right? So is this. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I don't know if we've ever talked about this dad badge, but uh, it's a a dad joke that comes up every Christmas. It may have been made in your house. It was made in all of the places that I open presents with the family this year. 
And it's, uh, you know how people, when they're wrapping presents, will use, like, old boxes and stuff to put something in to disguise it? They'll use, like, an old cereal box or, like, an old granola bar box. When the present's being opened, it's always Dad who sees it first and says, Oh, you got cereal! Uh, <laughs> and I remember being young and my parents making that joke and rolling my eyes at it. And then here I was this year. Right into it, right? Ah, you got granola bars. Ah, that's not much of a present. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was chatting with uh, my brother-in-law in Saskatchewan over the holidays when we were visiting, and he was telling me about a friend of his who had driven to Edmonton to buy a snowmobile off a guy. And when he got there, the guy was like, oh, I guess I sold that snowmobile a week and a half ago. This guy was like, well, I just drove here from Saskatchewan, so that's that's great. That's a very frustrating Facebook marketplace exchange right there, isn't it? What do you do? I mean, you'd be furious, but you really have no recourse at all. So this guy was like, well, I'm not leaving Edmonton without a snowmobile. So he ended up buying one for twice as much as he intended to spend and brought that home. And when my brother-in-law was telling me the story, I was thinking, what a bad year to have bought a snowmobile. <laughs> Like especially, I mean, out here, at least you could maybe take it out west and find some snow out that way. But like in Saskatchewan, they have less snow than we do right now. It is fully brown out that way. And I guarantee you that there are there's more than one person who got a snowmobile for the first time this year, got a new one. And it's just been sitting in their garage ever since. And they're just dying for some snow. I'm not complaining about this weather at all. I'm loving it. But if I had a brand new snowmobile sitting in my garage... Maybe I'd feel a little differently. Like my brother-in-law said, there's only so many times you can go out there and fire it up and <laughs> tap the throttle a few times and then turn it off and wait for more snow. But then I got thinking, I bet there are a lot of brand new snowboards and skis under the tree as well this year. And there are, I mean, there is snow to the west, right? So it's not a, a tremendous year for snow, but there are still places where you can go skiing and snowboarding right now. Um, I almost got... Our, our youngest son, Brigham, a GT for Christmas. And I think a GT is a great gift. We bought one for our oldest son a few years ago, and he said it's one of his best gifts ever. He loves his GT. Uh, GT this year, great gift, bad year, real bad year. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Speaking of Christmas gifts, did you get anything cool? Did you give anything that people were really excited about? I'm trying to think of my, my boys got. They got so much stuff. Um... My son, Bo, he wanted a, a baseball, a Red Sox hat, a Boston Red Sox hat. He ended up getting two of them, so he was pretty pumped. And then my son, Brigham, I think the gift he was most pumped about, we got him like a classic Spirograph set. He loves drawing and the little art projects and that sort of thing. So he was pretty pumped to be able to make some Spirograph designs. Spirograph was a ton of fun, wasn't it? Even like playing around with it with him, I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, what did I get? I got some cool stuff. I got a nice set of chisels for my wood shop. That was real nice. I may have mentioned before, but uh, my wife McKenna works at Lululemon, so everybody always wants her to have their name in like a gift exchange or something because chances are their gift is going to come from Lululemon, which is pretty sweet. Actually, the coolest gift I got this Christmas wasn't even for Christmas. My birthday's coming up in January, and I'm probably not going to see my parents between now and then, so my dad said he's got so much sports memorabilia because he he runs a, a framing business, a custom framing business, so he frames up like shadow boxes for jerseys and concert tickets and that sort of thing. So he's always buying and selling jerseys to put in these boxes and sell them. 
And uh, he said, for your birthday. And I was like, well, Dad, I'm, like, I'm going to be 35. I don't need a birthday present anymore. And he's like, well, no, no. For your birthday, um, he has this this wall of Bobby Orr jerseys in his shop. And he's like, you can pick one of these Bobby Orr jerseys. And I don't have a Bruins jersey as an adult. When I was a, when I was a kid, that's all I wore. I had so many Bruins jerseys, I could wear a different one to school every day of the week. And if you go through like my class photos growing up, Bruins jersey almost every year. But I haven't had a, a Bruin jersey as an adult. So he said, you can pick one of these jerseys if you want. Um, so I got this like classic Bobby Orr jersey, the Black Bruins jersey from like 1974-75, uh, I think it was, their 50th season. And it's just beautiful. And I got to go skating over the holidays and, and wear it out. And I felt like a million bucks flying around out there. <laughs> well, you will feel like a million bucks in your new Shane Holmes home. And you won't have to spend you know, north of a million bucks to customize that home. Typically, when you think of a custom home, you're thinking about houses well into the millions of dollars. That's not the case with Shane Homes. They have affordable customization. They allow you to customize elements of your house, including the floor plan and like the room layout and everything without paying what we traditionally think of as custom home prices. So if you're considering building and you're looking around and thinking, man, like these houses are close, but they're not perfect for our family. I wish this room was smaller. I wish this room wasn't there. Talk to Shane Holmes. See what they can do for, do for you within your budget. You might be surprised. ShaneHolmes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Just before Christmas, there was a story from a school in Winnipeg where AI-generated fake nude photos of students were floating around. So someone had used AI software to generate fake nude photos of students at the school, and they were getting passed around uh, before someone in the school tipped off administration who then involved the police. And I was like, man, that is, uh, that is especially disturbing. Wow. So police were saying that it's kind of uncharted territory for them because this is this is new technology. And I mean, like I said, it's, it's especially disturbing when you're talking about minors, but even for adults. I mean, if it's it's totally possible to generate this sort of image of somebody, quote unquote, nude, even though it's not their body. But I mean, that is probably very little comfort to the victim. And this is where we're headed now with with A.I. Uh, over the. Um, over the break while we were driving, my wife McKenna and I, we listened to this podcast about a police operation to bust up a child pornography ring. And I actually learned during that, um, during that listening that the term child porn isn't the preferred term amongst people who investigate this sort of thing. They prefer child abuse materials because they say to call it child porn frames it from the perspective of the perpetrators. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So going forward, I will also refer to it as child abuse material. But one of the things that stood out in listening to this podcast, um, the investigators who look into this, this sort of, this sort of crime, um, they have to, like, they have to view all that material, right? In order to build a case against the people who are creating it. And I was like, that is the, the most important and the worst job in the world. I can't imagine a, a job that's more needed, but also I would want to do less, you know, that's just like, if, if that is your job every single day to go in and view just like the worst things that anybody has ever seen online, how does that not take a toll on the person? But as I was listening to this and thinking about that, it was like, maybe that is a possible use for AI to be able to sift through 
the mountains of this material that exists online and, you know, sort of collected that way as opposed to having a human do that work. I went to high school with a guy who was busted for some horrific uh, crimes involving child abuse material. And he's actually serving quite a lengthy prison sentence for that right now. And I remember reading the article about it and the, the police officer who had to view all the material to build the case against him said that it just messed him up so bad that he it, like, ruined his relationship with his own kids. I was like, that is, that's horrible. That is to, for anybody to have to go through that is horrible, even though it's absolutely necessary, unless there's a way that AI could take the, 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 the heaviest lifting off of a human being for that in the future. So, I mean, on one hand you have the dark side of, of this new technology available where this material can be generated without someone's consent, even involving minors, as we've seen at the school in Winnipeg. On the other hand, maybe there's a way to deploy that technology so as to not scar the people who have to investigate it. The and Shauna podcast. Shauna and I love great laughs on this show. Those infectious laughs that make you laugh just because somebody else is laughing. And I have an example of this that happened at my family Christmas over the holidays here. So we recently found this photo in an old photo album of my dad on his honeymoon in Hawaii in 1987. And he's sitting on like a, like a Vespa style scooter wearing the most ridiculous 1980s outfit you've ever seen. He's got like, he's got, he's got a half shirt on like a crop top. He has the shortest shorts that I think I've ever seen a man wear. And then he's got like this big mustache and this like trucker hat. And he's so skinny, like so, so much skinnier than I have known my dad to be throughout his whole life. And this photo has just like made the rounds in our family group chats and everyone finds it so funny. And I actually made a video about this where you can see the photo and I can send you that video if you want, if you text 403-238-9929. But my wife McKenna had this photo put on a coffee mug and we gave it to him for Christmas. And uh, this is the audio of him opening it up at my family Christmas. And there are some different laughs going on here. <laughs> you can't see it. Uh, my dad's not laughing. He's got his head hung in shape. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Did you get some family time over the holidays? Some, uh, some time with the extended family, perhaps? I get along really well with with my family and uh, and with McKenna's family as well. We did two days with each this Christmas, and that's long enough for me. Not because I don't you know I get tired of them or anything, but just because I uh, I get tired of sitting around and eating and drinking and kind of visiting and that sort of thing. I need to be moving, need to be doing more stuff. But the families themselves uh, are great. If you have family staying with you, I wonder if you've like reached that point yet where you're like, okay, well. <laughs> We're good now. <laughs> We've seen enough of the in-laws. Um, my wife was telling me a story about her friend. So she's married to a, a French guy, and uh, his his parents, so her in-laws, were staying with them. And they don't speak any English. And she doesn't speak any French. So they were staying for a week. So she had her husband's family staying at her house for a week, and they didn't speak the same language. I was like, that would be a long week. That would be a very long week, even if you got along as much as I suppose you could without being able to communicate with words. That's a long week. And her husband, who speaks both languages, you know, I think he does his best to translate like 
to important messages between the two and stuff. But even then, he's going to burn out, right? He's not going to spend a whole week translating everything that's said from English to French and back to French from English. Like, man. So, I mean, however long your time with your family has been, your in-laws, hopefully at least you speak the same language. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f- they're going to say f-. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.